Welcome to the Kaiju Network Podcast, where we have a very healthy obsession with Kaiju. I'm your co-host, Kent, and with me is your Jason. Yeah. How's it going, everyone? So it's our first podcast in like a month and a half, which is typically the uh, the way it goes. And um, so here we are. I mean, post G-Fest. And of course, anybody who has been following us for the last umpteen years knows that our first podcast after G-Fest is always the G-Fest wrap-up podcast. So Or post-show, um, whatever you yeah, want to call it. <laughs> I mean, you know, and then it's back to the usual. We're not exactly sure what we're going to do going forward. That's something we're going to discuss here uh, post-show. I think you mentioned about... Uh, commentary, I think. Yeah, or of us doing uh, Godzilla for Space Godzilla. Because I know we were going to at the end yeah. of the show. Yeah, because I know we were going to originally do that until, uh, was it King of the Monsters or something, or something on your end came up, and we sort of delayed things and then did King of the Monsters and then... Yeah. Yeah. So here we are. Uh, G-Fest 26 has been over for almost a week now. And really, we're just going to dive right into it. Uh, This is the eighth consecutive G-Fest that we've been to. Um, What? Uh, Before we actually get into it, I just want to say that uh, if you've seen our Facebook posts the other day that we formally announced that uh, the Daikaiju Network is now officially on Spotify, and uh, iHeartRadio apps. So just want to let you know that now we're on the top four or five uh, podcast apps out there. So you got at least uh, a few more choices to choose from if you don't have either Apple Podcasts or Google Play Music. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, so I... uh, I guess from here, uh, we just kind of dive right into it. I got my program here. So kind of what we're going to do more or less is obviously just kind of discuss our experiences, talk about um, some of the panels we were on and just in general, some of the things by we the, um, by experienced. The way, by the way, I should probably grab my program here. It's in it's in my bedroom here. So why don't you talk uh, for a couple <laughs> Just, just for a few seconds until I grab it. All right. Well, I guess one of the things I wanted to show people, uh, my T-shirt, uh, YVP, which anybody who's familiar with Aliens versus Predator knows it's in that font. YVP, anybody familiar with these kaiju knows it's Yangari and Polgasari. And, of course, that means Yangari versus Polgasari. Uh, it's made by one of the T-shirt vendors there. I keep forgetting the guy's name. Hold on. I'd be a able to figure it out here for uh, a second here hold on i'd be able to find it uh damn i was hoping to this get... in the back <laughs> um i can find it i find it i know you were showing your shirt there and i was hoping to grab that shirt but uh, they were basically all out of the medium size but uh i am wearing a shirt that i bought over at uh, gfs it's the uh, godzilla first king Ghidorah heisei series uh, Ardvark Tees. Ardvark yep. Tees is the guy that I bought it from. He always has real unique T-shirts, and I saw this. And of course, again, anybody who's been a long-time listener knows Yangri is a guilty pleasure of mine. Um, yeah, the uh, the shirt that I got mine from, um, if I can <laughs> go to that too, it's basically close to the uh, the entryway, and if I can see. Um, 
Okay, so I think it's, yeah, Acme Comics and Collectibles is where I got this uh, shirt from. And I know I'll probably be wearing my new shirts uh, within the next uh, few or so weeks or the next few podcasts or so just to kind of show everything. But I also got at least a few of my uh, things I bought at the dealer's room, too, I'll probably be showing uh, in mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah, so this uh, particular post show is going to be a little weird to start out with because um, what I want to do is start off with the negative first. Let's get the negative out of the way, and then that way we can move on because, by and large, this was a pretty good G-Fest. I mean, we'll discuss kind of where we think it ranks for us uh, overall towards the end of the show. But I just I want to get the negative done out of the way, and then that way we can kind of move forward uh with everything else. Um, but I felt like one of the things we pride ourselves here on Daikaiju Network, and it's something that I haven't heard very many podcasts. There's at least one other podcast that I've, I've occasionally listened to that I think, uh, when necessary, does a pretty good job of being upfront and being honest with fans and doesn't stroke that sort of hive mentality or that sheet mentality or, or whatever you want to call it, sort of the, the fan ego. Whereas, you know, sometimes you see in fandoms, Godzilla fandom, and I'm sure it has happens and in many other fandoms as well i'm not familiar with most other fans because i'm not as deeply involved with them as i am with the kaiju but you know there's sort of this mentality kind of like recently where all of a sudden uh, a couple of people let's say like I've, somewhere between four to five years ago something like that where they started to say you know godzilla's revenge is one of the most misunderstood films it's actually uh, in some words of some people a masterpiece and then all of a sudden you start to see this not across the board, but this large change within the fan community. I mean, look, I mean, it, it, it infested G-Fan, I mean, G-Fest this year. I mean, uh, you know. Well, with it um, being the 50 years of the film, so well, it's going yeah, but, but by and large, though, too, the two or three panels that were on Godzilla's Revenge this year were by and large positive on the film. And I'm not saying they need to be hate fest. I'm not saying that either, but it just, my point is that there's sort of, you get one or two people of some prominence within the fandom for one reason or another, regardless of their, um, uh, uh, what's the word? Um, I just lost the word uh, of their, egotistical there what it's where people work like a, a term for people um working regardless i just i can't believe i forgot the word uh, regardless of basically what they do is what i mean i don't know why i get brain farts all the time on this show but i do um regardless of what they do you know it doesn't matter who they are and then all of a sudden you start to see this change and like we were talking about pre-g fest show we were saying it's great that Godzilla's Revenge is finally, uh, you know, getting attention. But at the same time, I think it's gone a little too far. I'm not talking about that right now. No, that's not what I'm talking about. But what I want to do talk about uh, is a panel uh, that occurred. It was um, the very first day, Friday. In fact, it was one of the last panels on Friday. Started at 4 o'clock, you know, 
Um, it was the panel that I basically more or less said on the pre-show that I thought was kind of weird to to have to begin with. It was the bringing Godzilla down to size uh, panel. It was a, about the making of the documentary. And as I was teasing on that show, it was the making of the making of uh, panel. And as I feared, it sort of was something that really didn't materialize into anything um, uh spectacular unless you are uh, a relatively new fan to the genre then maybe you took a few things away from it but by and large uh this actually turned out to be the worst panel i've ever attended and i hate to say that because um i i tried to see the positive in a lot of things and at the same time uh it was hosted by two prominent individuals who have done an awful lot for the godzilla fandom in the west as far as providing information um you can look all that information up if you want to um but i was um deeply disappointed but at the same time kind of perturbed with uh, these two individuals uh because there were one or two lies at least said during the session and at the same time it was sort of this whole uh self-congratulatory type of panel like where, like I just said a moment ago, nothing of real substance uh, was brought to light mm -hmm. other unless you were a new fan to the genre. Um, but at the same time, I guess maybe kind of the new piece of information, quote unquote, uh, for those who are listening to the audio podcast version uh, that came to light was um, uh, about the possibility of their documentary being re-released uh kind of i guess by itself or maybe with a collection of other documentaries but it was going to be a more prominent featured documentary and i just want to say too i want to preface all this by saying that i'm sure this is probably going to be one of the most um you know um <laughs> again i'm forgetting words i don't know why um <laughs> one of the most why am i forgetting words uh this Ignorant is probably no this is going to be a, a very um maybe contentious uh section of a podcast that's not the word i was looking for but it's going to be something that a lot of people i think are going to find problems with because again let's face it you know fandoms uh, by nature are flawed uh i remember last year when we were talking about the pacific rim uprising panel how we said that was the worst panel that year and how negative it was we actually got mentioned in a few pages and some people were just because they get this hive mentality they were like well blah 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 and i came and i admitted to people i said that was our podcast we mentioned it and yeah the panel was incredibly negative and i think the 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 purpose of panels is to try to find a balance because you have to assume that not everybody who's attending the panel uh you know has seen the movie but at the same time you have to assume basically the the room is going to be half and half and you need to try to provide pros and cons to right. just about everything and i understand it's a godzilla uh, convention you want to celebrate all things which is great uh, but at the same time i think that doesn't mean you can't just sit back and go rah 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 because i think when you do rah 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 stuff regardless of whatever fandom it is you end up um minimizing critical thinking you you minimize people's 
ability to really think a little bit more deeply about the subject matter and to figure out like in this case what would make for good filmmaking or or whatever the subject matter may be so i just want to get that out of the way uh, this is probably going to be a very contentious portion of the podcast but like i said i want to get this done i want to get this over with and i pride us on being honest with people and i just i want to point it out because i do think this was a, an incredibly bad panel by two individuals that are very prominent within the godzilla fandom who have done great work but for whatever reason they just felt that this panel was necessary uh even though it wasn't um but they basically uh were talking about their documentary bringing godzilla down to size and i uh they showed three different clips throughout the the course of the panel uh the very first clip they showed was sort of an alternate beginning to uh their documentary where they had uh, sections of various films intercut with the modern day uh locations of tokyo uh and other places around japan they said though they couldn't use that because toho didn't like that i guess they didn't get the licenses or permissions from toho to do that so they had to cut that part out of the film uh so there there was nothing new the other two clips they showed of the film uh, of their documentary um you know sort of featured uh Inoue, assistant special effects director, making an explosion underwater for um, re uh, recreating the underwater uh, explosion effect from Latitude Zero. That's on the documentary. If you have the Rodan and War of the Gargantuas double DVD set, you can see it on there. And then they had another one with the suit actors, uh, Haru Nakajima, Sutomo Kitagawa, and Kenpachiro Satsuma. Again, that too is also on the documentary. You can see that on there. Um, Again, I just want to say that outside of the revamped introduction, which in terms of information provided nothing new of substance, unless you are new to the fandom and or don't own the uh, Rodan and War of the Gargantuas double feature DVD, there was nothing new for you to learn out of this uh, panel. Um, and basically, it turned out to be a self-congratulatory panel, basically saying, uh, you know, we wanted to be a part of this panel. I mean, excuse me, we wanted to be a part of this project, and fortunately, we were able to do so. Uh, we had this sort of a budget. We worked with this individual over in Japan to get a crew together. All these people who worked worked at a fraction of what they normally would do for a project this size, um, and it was great. And, you know, it's just like, okay, yeah, that's fine. You know, give people credit where it's due. Um, but then it started kind of going more into this patent oneself on the back saying, you know, we did all this great work. I mean, look up, you know, we were so we were so, you know, blessed to go over there and to be able to interview these people. I mean, look at look at the cool work we did. Look at this. Um, and then they were talking about how, uh, again, somewhat due to budget constraints and also a little bit because of Toho and then a regime change uh, at Classic Media kind of during the middle of their uh, their making of this um, production that they could not get their documentary along with several other special features on the various classic media DVDs released on a separate DVD for the classic media set that was just documentaries uh, because of the new regime change. And so they kept whining and complaining about that. And one of them said it was buried on the Rodan DVD. And then they kind of went on saying, well, there may be some news out coming out now that we can potentially get this documentary more prominently featured on its own. And um, 
it, it was just an awful panel because, like I said, patting oneself on the back and saying it was buried and we didn't get to do what we wanted to do. It's like, okay, first of all, you did something that Toho didn't like. What can you do? I mean, anybody who's ever known anything about Toho or messed with Toho knows that you just don't mess with Toho. I mean, that's there's nothing you can really do about that. They basically uh, I mean, have the final say with almost anything that relates to their properties. Right. And, mess, you know, you just don't mess with Toho. That's just that's just how it is. Um, but then they were talking about, you know, self-promoting the, the new documentary and all that, um, which was fine. Um, however, they were saying the thing that, you know, outside of just patting oneself on the back and kind of gloating a little bit about how, you know, uh, awesome it was for them to be involved with this project. What really got me was the obvious untruth that their documentary was buried on the Rodan versus Gargantua, uh, Rodan and Gargantua uh, double feature and that's not true. Um, if you can see right here on the back of the DVD on the special features, the third special feature mentioned Very is their documentary. And also, I'm going to do a screen share here. Hopefully, it'll show up uh, again. Unfortunately, if it, it's not going to show up on on uh, if I can get it here. Okay. Are you seeing what I... Okay. So, here we go. Now, when you start up the Rodan DVD, it, you know, comes up, do you want to do the Japanese version or the English version? And when you click the English version, this is what comes up. Look at that. That's not buried. Yeah, it's literally right there in front of you. It's prominently displayed right there on on the title page for the english side of and let's just for i don't expect it but let's just click this just for it's even right here on the japanese side too Mm -hmm. um so i'm not sure what they're what they were really complaining about of it being buried to begin with i mean obviously saw it right there right and that's something that really bothered me because there was this awful complaining by them. Oh, it was buried on, you know, the DVD and and it wasn't prominently featured. And I'm going, that's not true because, you know, I've watched these movies numerous times and I'm relatively familiar with what is on um you know, the, the, the menus of these classic media uh, DVD releases, uh, because a lot of the films that they grabbed a number of years ago are some of my favorites uh, Toho produced. And, and I was like, and I told you, I'm like, that's not true. They did not um, bury it and it was prominently featured. I still even remember the lead up to this particular release that one of the main selling points was this documentary. And um, that was one of the first things I remember watching when I got this set was, you know, because I had seen Rodan and War of the Gargantuas enough times that I knew, uh, you know, what the movies were about. And I'm like, I want to see some of the special features. And of course, bringing Godzilla down to size was one of those. And um, 
and I watched it, of course. It's like a, a, almost an hour's worth of content. It's an, about an hour-long documentary, and it's a very good documentary. I'm not saying it's not. It, it is a very fine documentary, um, but it really just it, – it, it just – it disappointed me and perturbed me that uh, – and, and it disappoints me, and I'm partially to blame for this too, that no one spoke up during the middle of the panel and saying that's not true and just kind of <laughs> tell them to quit patting yourselves on the back. Like, is there something new you're going to produce here as far as information? But it was nothing. it was nothing more than a, oh, woe is me sort of thing when they got their documentary produced and it was featured. I'm sorry you didn't get it as part of an individual dvd with other docs but it's still here on one of the sets you still got it and as you just saw it's prominently featured on the menu for rodan it's not buried and um it just was incredibly disappointing to see these two individuals who have done so much good work um you know, within the Godzilla community, the Kaiju community here in the West, produce uh, several books, including a recent Ishiro Honda biography. Um, and to just, you know, and I know we're human, we all make mistakes, but I really thought this particular panel was sort of, uh, unless you're bringing some new information, like real new information, not just, hey, we're potentially going to have our documentary re-released if you're bringing some actual new information about some of the items that are covered within your documentary don't make a panel like that mm -hmm. and for two prominent individuals um like that to do that uh, that was that was out of line um it just it, it perturbed me because like i said it was nothing more than a pat on the back and like i said there were a couple lies in there and yeah. it's just I know. you know they know classic media didn't you know really uh, prominently display our documentary and it got buried and the rodan and gargantua's deep it's like no it's not you just saw it was not buried i know it I was, was featured there it's featured on the case and right there on the rodan menu i know i was there for i think the sec the second half of it and i know i didn't uh get to see the first half of it because I I think I was somewhere else and I know I was sitting right next to you and seeing some of the pictures of where they were of uh, you know behind the scenes stuff so it was pretty interesting but then I remember you tell me uh, during the panel or else towards the end of it saying that this is probably going to be the worst pan panel that you've seen or is like it's mostly just them uh, kind of self grandstanding. Yeah, and again, uh, I know a lot of people are gonna be like, "Look at these guys! Look at what they're doing!" You know, being negative. It's just like, look, uh, we're we pride ourselves on being honest, and not everything is gonna be. Uh, but uh, it just, you know, it, it was just, it was disappointing as far as that panel goes, I was very disappointed in it. And I just, I wish they would have provided something different. Exterm Central, I will admit there's some things I could have done better for my Nessie panel in hindsight. Uh, I, I can't, you know, I can't speak to that. I unfortunately got there during the final five, 10 minutes of the Nessie panel. I think Jason can speak more to that because he was there from the word go. Um, yeah. But 
my understanding, at least with the Nessie panel, with what little I did see, I thought it was good and I enjoyed it. Uh, but this this other panel, the bringing Godzilla down to size, um, just um, unfortunately that was that was bad panel. But anyway, enough with the negative. Um, Let's just kind of go on now with most mostly positive. I mean, like I said earlier, this. Um, well, this, I know there's I know there's some at least a little bit negative on my on my end, but uh, I know with some of the panels, uh, there were some there were some times where I tend to doze off. But I think it, most of it it was due to the air conditioning of the hotel. Yeah. And yeah, yeah I think a this bad is, job. Yeah, I would say out of all of the G Fest that we've gone to so far, which is eight, uh, this probably has to be the worst G Fest in terms of the air conditioning or something going wrong with the hotel. And yeah, did it, the air conditioner actually go out or what was going on? I I think uh, from what JD Lee's was saying, I when I was in the uh, the G uh, G Fan G Fest G Tour uh, panel, I think uh, when it just comes to be having so many people in one room, it just tends to you know with all the body heat and everything, and right. we have and we have multiple uh, panels concentrated in one of these two rooms uh, with so many people for so many hours. It tends to like. With all the body heat, it tends to trap everything in that particular room. So I think they're going to somewhat, uh, for for the next time, try to look into uh, trying to spread some of these uh, panels so that there won't be so much, um, you know, issues as far as trying for the air conditioner to keep up with everything or possibly uh, maybe moving uh, the dojo studios. Cause I know that they were talking to like some of the people and JD Lee's was talking a little bit about uh, something dealing with uh, the dojo studios and everything since uh, like they were, I think one of them was saying that they're sort of now doing like their own panels and stuff in there instead of just doing uh, like the shot, like actual footage t- uh, scenes or anything of the sorts there and uh, probably expand that. I don't know. Is but it because of copyright issues? Cop- copyright issues. Are you talking about people like showing clips to movies? No. Oh no! I was I I wasn't going I wasn't going that route, but um, I'm lost. <laughs> no, I'm just saying I'm just saying that uh, you know, with them doing their own panels and instead of doing their own thing, like taking uh, like doing scenes and stuff with models and everything, that they could possibly just turn that into another uh, panel room and maybe. Uh, reassigning Dojo Studios to another room or something. Oh, okay. I see. Yeah. Uh, Extreme Central says pacing. He talked about his panel pacing and not allowing enough time to show off the fan art from my panel uh, for the audience. I'd like to have a chance to provide commentary for each art piece. Um, 
again, as far as overall pacing, I can't speak to that because, again, I wasn't there for the full panel. But um, as far as the fan art for the panel, I think if you're talking about what was shown at the very end, if that is the case, I did see that part. I thought it was really good. I mean, I understand you were still crunched for time, but um, I, I thought it was nicely paced i thought a, a nice narrative was being told there but my understanding though too you had four or five different artists provide art if, if i'm not mistaken if that is the case then well, he, i would had uh greg had more uh artists in there including uh matt freck and i think right uh, jeff Zornow. Maybe. Right, but what I'm about to say was that, uh, yeah, I mean, commentary would have been would have been awesome, but I think what would have been, I, I think for that particular section, it would almost, in a particular way, be better for um, for fans to actually approach the individual artists and get their commentary on as far as the pieces that they created uh, for that. Twenty seven artists total. Holy moly, that's a that's a lot of artists. Yeah, it, it would have been also pretty interesting to sort of get their take on uh, like why or how do they uh, draw the way that they did for. Uh, for Nessie or like the particular settings of the sorts um, or any anything so but other than that it was it was uh, that particular panel had a lot of interesting let's just talk about it let's talk I mean let's talk about it I mean we're already t sort of talking about it a little bit right now anyways let's just dive into that particular panel but um, yeah, it it uh, basically started out from the you know the very beginning in the early days of uh, cinema, you know, and talking about uh, uh, the myths of uh, the you know the Loch Ness uh, monster and everything, how that started out, and then uh, uh, towards towards that they wanted to make. Uh, like some of these studios wanted to make movies uh, of the sorts uh, with uh, Khan or some of the other ones. And it just, and then also they wanted to do like their own solo movies on Nessie. And I think uh, was a hammer. I believe it was that they wanted to do their, I think they were one of the closest, um, Oh, uh, studios that were planning on doing it, but then something uh, like uh, something just ended up not uh, working out. And but uh, there's a lot of references in today's uh, films or TV shows that sort of reference uh, certain elements of the writing or uh, props that they use for like certain films, but they didn't work out, but then they use some of those props or use some of those props, tweak them for other movies uh, and the like. And it's uh, pretty interesting. A lot of um, info. It would, I think it was probably one of the more uh, info-filled uh, panels I've been to in G-Fest for quite some time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and again, I only got there sort of the final five, ten minutes or so. Um, what I did see was actually very informative. That 
panel reminded me of some of the earlier panels we used to attend the, during the first two, three years uh, of us going to GE Fest. And that to me was an example of sort of what a, a panel should be, especially when you're wanting to provide information to people on a particular project. Um, like I said, I didn't see all of it, uh, but what I did see, I did enjoy. I, I, what I did see, I liked. Yeah, there there were quite a bit of studios that have been wanting to make like this uh, Loch Ness or a Nessie type of lore uh, pick for a long time, but a lot of it just didn't really pan out. But like I said, there's been uh, TV shows or some films that have referenced uh, so some of these uh, past unmade projects or have used some of these props from unmade films, but uh, it would be nice to like one of these days to get like a Nessie sort of type of flip, but um, I don't know if there are any particular interests out there to do sort of the thing or just uh, have the monster in another flick of the sorts, but who knows? Yeah, Extreme Central saying didn't expect a full turnout. Well, I mean, uh, it is considered a lost project. Many that seems to be one of the the hot uh, topics going on within, uh, you know, Kaiju fandom. It seems, it seems to be uh, like one of the more popular things. Uh, just about every year. Lost projects, uh, yeah, and all that, and then of course, Loch Ness monster. I mean, we've all known about the Loch Ness monster since we were kids, and there's just some sort of mystical fascination about it. The fact that you know, here you have this, you know, possible plesiosaur, elasmosaur type creature, you know, uh, in, in Scotland and Loch Ness, and um, there's just something unique, mystical, and, and just really awesome about it. And the fact that I can't think of too many, there was one Loch Ness, and I don't even remember much about it other than I saw it on TV a number of years ago when I was younger. I don't know too many movies that feature or about the Loch Ness Monster, to be quite honest. And then, which then I know considering it's a very popular subject matter. Well, I know in the uh, Godzilla animated series, where uh, Greg did, I believe he referenced that uh, Loch Ness monster. Uh, yeah, I forget the creature. Uh, I believe it was in the Monster Wars trilogy. Yeah. Um, gosh, Cryptoclitus, I think. Cryptoclitus, I think. Yeah, because the I think uh, they, I think they mentioned like some of the similarities or some of the references that they use for that creature in the animated series uh, there, I believe. I don't know if you can confirm that with me here, uh, Greg, because I think uh, that you did reference uh, some of the things for that monster in the animated series. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, it was a fantastic panel. Like I said, I didn't really see too much of it but what i did see it was uh, one of the examples of how you should do a panel uh at g fest quite honestly um mm -hmm. let's just go ahead let's do friday um we'll just kind of go in order um I'll, I'll cover a panel that I attended, and then you can cover a panel, and then we'll just kind of trade off until we're done. We'll do the same for, for Saturday and Sunday. Um, so the first 
you know, outside of going to the midway room to watch some Godzilla uh, Final Wars, mon- enough Final Wars. Oh my gosh, some Godzilla uh, so, Monster Wars trilogy. So, uh, so Greg said Deadlock does feature Nessie and Godzilla the series. So yeah, um, we did see uh, a little bit of Monster Wars uh, in the midway room, which was nice. Anybody again who's been a long uh, time listener knows how big of a fan I am of, of the 98 Godzilla movie, which I know is not a popular opinion, but it's just how it is. Um, but then my first actual panel I attended was Godzilla's Revenge. Which is um, also the first one of mine, too. Yeah. Um, it was it was a panel that more or less was sort of about um, uh, it's not just celebrating the 50 years of Godzilla's Revenge, but sort of uh, people's opinions and and in some cases, individual connections um, with the film, uh, kind of like what I figured, it was mostly positive, which is fine. I don't. I'm not one of those fans that thinks it's, um, you know, the worst or one of the worst films. I've always believed it was middle of the road, and I always thought for years it deserved more credit than what it received, and. I'm glad it did, but now I'm starting to think it's too excessive, the amount of praise it's getting. But nevertheless, I really thought that panel, very positive, yes, of course, uh, but by and large, it was a pretty good panel. Yeah. Uh, I I enjoyed it. I, you know, I, well, <laughs> you know. They also dived into uh, like the actual reasoning well, behind Godzilla's yeah. Revenge, how it was made, and that sort of thing, but yeah. Yeah, like they showed they showed some clip art, uh, including I think one of the original concept uh, sketches for Gabra, which wasn't too terribly different from the final product. No, uh, but it still was still was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I mean it was, um, uh, you know, still a little excessive on the positive side, but nevertheless, um, it's still it was a decent decent panel. Uh, you know, I, I enjoyed it, but. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's there's really not much else for me to talk about. You know, can't basically said it right there. And then I also mentioned about, you know, there's more things about it than just, you know, some of their own positive opinions towards the uh, the film and everything else. So there's I don't think there's really not much to add uh, to this panel. So what panel did you, did you attend? Um, well, I know between that and the other one, I, I think I was uh, out and about, I think maybe in the dealer's room for a bit. And I think that was when I found, uh, well, I'll show some of the stuff, uh, a few items, which uh, I was fairly surprised that they even carried it. And then I, texted you those and then you soon got got some of that but uh the next panel i went it's really not a panel but it's more like a little game show it's the uh the g pretty adult game number two so it's for those of you I that have have, say, first off i am very disappointed in you that you did not make an attempt to uh be one of three participants in the adult games this well, year so well, i'm disappointed the, well the second one i went to i i wouldn't it would have been way too late for me anyways, because as soon as I got in there, they already had the uh, the three contestants. Um, but for those of you that haven't uh, been to G-Fest, uh, G-Pretty is 
it's sort of in the name right there. It's basically Jeopardy, but uh, with kaiju-related uh, questions and answers uh, of the sorts. And Skip Peel, he basically uh, uh, controls or oversees the Jeopardy part uh, every year. So there's, uh, you know, first game and then the second game. And then uh, recently they've added the uh, kids edition of Jeopardy. So as of right now, they only just have just a one and done uh, kids edition of Jeopardy. I'm probably in the future, they'll probably expand that uh, portion. But um, but yeah, I went to the uh, second uh, round of uh, Jeopardy in that one just to see who will go uh, advance for the final round, which uh, advances uh, on, uh, was it Saturday night before the uh, adult costume parade and the main gold skyscraper award ceremonies. Mm -hmm. Uh, Another panel I attended on Friday was the green slime. Uh, uh, hosted by Kevin Horn, the great Kevin Horn. Um, unfortunately, uh, Kevin couldn't find a whole lot of information on the film. I, I guess that's one of those movies that, um, for one reason or another, there's just not a whole lot of information to gather out there. Um, but he did provide what little he could, and um, it became more of sort of a Q&A and comment uh, section, which was fine. I ended up leaving about 20 minutes early um, from that panel, unfortunately. But uh, from the 40-ish minutes that I was there and uh, – you know, listen to Kevin and heard some questions and comments from uh, people in the in the audience. It, it was it was a relatively informative panel. Uh, I brought the green slime uh, with us to to um, you know G Fest this year, and that was one of the movies I was hoping we could maybe watch during the week we were there. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't get around to it, but it, it has me very excited about hopefully uh, trying to pop that movie into my Blu-ray player uh, here in the next few days and, and watching it. Uh, I own the DVD copy uh, of it, and according to Kevin, the Blu-ray version of it is, is a wonderful transfer. Uh, and I have to say, though, at least speaking for the DVD copy, uh, it, that's a real nice transfer as well. Um, you know, as pristine as you're going to be able to get on a DVD format. Um, but still, it was it's really nice. I've, I've watched that movie once or twice at, uh, approximately on on uh, DVD and I think actually twice. Uh, and it's been a good good transfer uh, you know i think either version whether you get the dvd or the blu-ray i, I think is um is great but um yeah it was a pretty good panel green slime because i think that too is a 50th anniversary uh this year yeah and then the uh, other panel that i went went to and this this was when i would got into the second half of it it was the uh, gamer versus gear on uh, panel there and I know that uh, you were in there uh, I think for the full <laughs> the full hour of uh, the Gamma First Gear on panel but uh, that one was uh, pretty interesting in and of itself uh, there you know it's basically <laughs> it's, it's 
was it it was also having its uh, 50th anniversary too uh that time so just talking talking uh more about it yeah um so the hour that occurred before that was at least for me was my time in the dealer's room and uh let me just say my overall haul for the year. Uh, I'm pretty excited about. I mean, I, I got like five, six T-shirts. One of them, of course, was this one. Um, but uh, but I also got um, I also got the Bandai, the the Japanese Bandai uh, 2019 Godzilla uh, figure, which I have up displayed up there. I'm not going to move well, my. Since, since we're talking about our hauls. Um, but um, I, I also got Mirror Man on. Um, that was uh, one I was uh, wanting to get. <laughs> I got the last Mirror Man from a show <laughs> uh, 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 over there. So um, I got that. But Jason told me, and I have to preface this by saying that I thought I might have seen them out of the corner of my eye. These were and the ones I was talking about earlier. The, the anime, trilogy. anime trilogy. I thought I saw one of them out of the corner of my eye from the DVD world uh, table. And I did a quick scan. And initially when I did the quick scan, uh, I didn't see anything. And so I moved on and I bought, you know, some t-shirts and a few other things. Uh, but then Jason came back when I was attending the gamer versus gear on panel. And he was saying, dude, look at this. And I'm like, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's that, that, that's awesome. Like, you know, how much does it cost? And, you know, he's showing me that, you know, the yeah, tag and all that. Right here. And I'm like, oh, and I'm asking him, I'm like, I'm like, do they take card? And he's not answering my text properly. He's he's kind of like, for whatever reason, avoiding the, the question uh, for whatever reason. I'm like, does DVD World take card? <laughs> And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> so then he comes down to the panel and he shows me and I'm just like, oh, man, I got to go up and see if they got him, see if they take card. I go running up there. Thankfully, they have at least one copy of all three. I think they had at least two copies of all three. I think they had two copies of the first one, two copies of the second, like three of the third one. And uh, and I'm like, OK, I, I, I asked the guy, I go, do you take card? He goes, yes. And I go, OK, I'm buying these. And so transaction you know and i'm just like yeah yeah you know <laughs> i'm so yeah, freaking so. happy i'm like i've been looking for these i saw those on ebay like two three months ago but they were from sellers in malaysia and they all had good feedback but it would take almost a month to get to my house and i'm like boy i don't know like you know they could get lost and it's just like i'm not sure if i and want then, to do this and then and, and then when I came back down and that, well, once, once you came back down and, uh, got the, uh, the, the full trilogy, you were like, Oh shit. Are they region two? I was like, yeah. Oh, damn. Yeah. I didn't think about that. Are they region locked? Like all of a sudden I sat there and I kind of looked on the back and I'm like, uh Oh, like, <laughs> like, yeah. Like I read on one of the eBay listings of one of these things a couple months ago, these should work but i'm like are these exactly like i started thinking i'm going are these region locked and you were saying well 
the guy told me they, they were like the Netflix ones. They, they, they should work. And I go, but I'm seeing something here. And it was all in a foreign language that I couldn't read. And I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> like, I just spent 60 bucks on something that I don't know if it works. So I bail on the Gamma versus Gear on panel and that, 20. That was, one of things, that was one of the things that they even crossed my mind or even asked the guys. The only thing I asked the guys is, uh, do they actually have the, like, the dub? And he said that they have basically the dub that's on the Netflix yeah, and so I quickly run back up to the room and on the computer that I am doing my podcast from, uh, I quickly, I'm like, I'm opening up, I'm tearing, you know, the plastic off of, of these, and I'm testing all three of these movies one by one. And thank God they all work. And I told Jason, I texted him back, I go, they all work, exclamation point. And uh, I have to say, say like i told jason uh you know when gfs wrapped up on sunday i said you know i like all the purchases i made this year and i said i think the 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 big highlight purchase for me uh was getting the anime trilogy on dvd being able to have a physical copy of those films i would say uh, it's part of my collection it just it that was one of the highlights for me as far as yeah. not just a haul, but of this G-Fest. I would say that of our seven years of going to G-Fest uh, consecutively, I would have to say for the first time ever, my best purchases were <laughs> at least movies uh, instead of just uh, figures this time around. But uh, as of right now, these are just regular DVDs, but um, I mean... They're still good. At least... At least <laughs> At least I now have an excuse to suspend my Netflix account because, you know, to be honest, I don't really watch much of anything on Netflix anymore, to be honest. But um, but since since now I have these uh, movies here, now I have an excuse to do that. And then quit making that face. What are you talking about? <laughs> Uh, but uh yeah with- anime godzilla trilogy oh my gosh if you are one of like i don't know how many copies they have but if you're people like us who was able to pick up that set um by the way screw that dad at the <laughs> opening ceremonies we quick side note we were at the opening ceremonies friday night and there was this kid i want to say maybe between the ages of like 12 13 14 something like that and i guess it maybe was his dad um that's what you were telling me yeah and he was on his phone i don't know if he's talking to his wife or who maybe it was the kid's grandfather who was talking to one of his parents i don't know but he had, had some familial relations with this kid and he was talking to whomever it was and basically saying, you know, I was telling this, you know, I uh, he wanted to spend this money and I transferred some money from my account onto his so he could spend money. And, yeah, it's expensive here and I don't know if we can go again. And not all vendors take cards. A lot of them take cash, et cetera. And he goes, but I've been preventing him from making a lot of stupid purchases. And one of the things he saw was this Godzilla cartoon series on DVD and the whole set was 60 bucks and I knew exactly what he was talking about he was talking about that anime trilogy Mm -hmm. and um, 
and he the, this guy was saying you know i told him I said, you know, isn't that on Netflix? And whatever the kid's name was, he goes, yeah, it's on Netflix. And I told him, well, why would you spend $60 on three movies when you can get it for free on Netflix? And so he wasn't happy about that because I prevented him from making a purchase and he went off to buy something else. And I turned to you and I said, the guy doesn't understand the fact that you're paying $13 for just the streaming service like now on bucks, Netflix. Like over 13 bucks a month. Yeah. Which is highly more expensive. It's and not it's, free. Yeah. It is not Technically, free. it's not even free to begin with. It's if not you're free. 13 bucks a month. It's not free. And yes, it's not $60 a month, but. At least it's 60 it, bucks, it, one and done. Let's do some quick math here. We're going on a quick side note here. A lot of people are like, geez, what in the world are you guys doing here? But let's just do some quick math here. $12.99 times 12. That's $155.88 a year. And how many of those shows and films in Netflix's library are you actually watching a given year? You see that space between my fingers? Probably about that much. I mean, there's so much on there. You're not going to get to all of it. Plus, there's life. People have jobs, etc. And like I told you, I said, look, yeah, the, the, the anime trilogy is not popular with the majority of, of the fan base. Um, but at the same time, there are some people, yes, they probably are keeping Netflix around or whatever as partially because of that anime trilogy because there isn't an official u.s release of that trilogy yet on blu-ray dvd whatever and you know like i told you i said this guy doesn't understand it because netflix is not free over the course of a year you're spending uh more than double you're spending more than double for an entire Netflix, uh, you know, subscription that you're not going to be able to even watch a, a minor fraction of the films and shows that they have on there. And look, there's this thing called having a hobby, a collection, and there's something about having physical copies because guess what? Not everything that's on Netflix is going to stay on Netflix. There will eventually come a time in which, because of licenses or whatever, stuff will get taken off of Netflix. Typically, Netflix, with stuff that they have produced, they eventually release onto physical media. Not always, though. And like I've been wondering out loud with you for like the last year i'm like i hope netflix eventually releases these officially because i'm like there's nothing we have here because you know the japanese got it on home video we don't have it though and you know i'm going i hope we get this well we don't have an official copy but we have a copy that is english subbed and english dubbed and i'm going look you need a collection i go i wonder what kind of hobby this guy has where he's made some quote bad purchases like what hobbies is he interested in yeah what right. has he purchased and i'm going this guy obviously is not a fan he doesn't get this sort of i guess level of fandom and I'll just end with this because I could go on forever. I hated that guy. He doesn't <laughs> understand. He's ignorant. He's a dumbass. And I feel bad for his kid, his grandson, who whatever relation he is to that 
kid. I, I feel bad for that kid. I do. I mean, that, that poor kid was, was deprived. Sure, it was 60 bucks, but that's $20 per movie. That's approximately what new movies cost nowadays anyways, brand new on DVD. And so what? You know, $20, that's reasonable. Yeah. But fuck that guy. <laughs> and then uh, one of the other uh, video purchases I made uh, was John Borg Ace. And uh, since since Kent basically got the last damn copy of Mirror Man, which is one of the things I really wanted, but um, but then after watching uh, Jim Borges versus uh, Haru Majin that we How watched, badly do you want Mirror Man? <laughs> I'll sell him to you for the right price. Like that was one of the main purchases that I was actually looking forward to uh, this year. But uh, now with the uh, the anime trilogy, I think that basically overshadowed that. But I, I would say at least the Jumborg Ace uh, DVD that I got, I would say is is another good put, uh, purchase after watching that uh, Harumajin and Jumborg Ace that you brought along and we watched uh, too. Uh, I think it was uh, the night before G Fest. Um, possibly, but the, so that's that. And then um, the other haul I got. Um, there are two figures. One of them is the uh, the NECA uh, 2019 Godzilla here. I still have him uh, in the box. I haven't taken him out yet. So. I took mine out of the box like a month ago when I got it. Yeah. So here, Pretty here cool. he is, right there in the box. I got this for uh. A, yeah, uh, 25 bucks, which is uh, relatively a good that's buy. That's retail right there because that's what I paid for mine. Yeah, relatively a good buy. And then the other one here, uh, this one was uh, the uh, the Mothra neck. Uh, and this one here, you still have the tag on this one. I got this for uh, 39 bucks. 39 that figure is really small too. That to me yeah. is pricey for something that small yeah this was the only neck of mother that i could find at one of the vendors the one that i bought was also from uh Ac acme uh games and comic uh games and collectibles where i got this uh shirt from but uh this was at one of the vendors across from Radio radioactive toys and this was the only mother i could find because Acme Games and Collectibles just ran out of it because one of the guys I was next to bought <laughs> the Mothra one. I was like, damn it. So uh, fortunately, I had to shell up probably, uh, I would say, uh, just about 20 more bucks off of this figurine. So here's, so here's Mothra right there. Basically, the uh, majority of this uh is the wing taking up that amount of space and then you see uh basically little mothra right there <laughs> right there in that corner and then uh the wing mm -hmm. then you got the stand for it so uh basically that's most of my purchases and then like i said for the next uh several podcasts so i'll be wearing uh, the shirts that I purchased. So as of right now, I got the one here that I just purchased. Yeah, and I mean, uh, outside of the opening ceremonies, I mean, we more or less covered uh, Friday. 
Yeah, because yeah, um, we've already talked about uh, uh, bringing Godzilla down to size, which was the final yeah, one. Yeah, that was the last one before the opening ceremony. So let's turn to Saturday. Um, so I attended most of a uh, panel by Joyce Boss, which uh, for the last few years now, she's been holding panels that are yokai based in subject matter. And she hosted a panel this year called Japanese Culture, the Kaiju Way. Uh, again, it was kind of, uh, you know, about the yokai and about the seasons and stuff. Uh, a decent chunk of it was sort of review from the previous couple of years. Uh, but I left before they were going to do a special dance uh, I didn't want to be a part of that because I can't dance <laughs> I didn't want to do that and plus it was in the Kennedy room with three lanterns and it was a full house and anybody who has been to G fest and gone to the Kennedy room understands how small that room is um, I didn't want to be a part of that dance so I got out of there just before they were going to do the dance <laughs> Um, the first really good panel, though, really good. Yeah, so, the first panel that I went to on Saturday was the Philo Barnhart uh interview. He's the guy that has done the uh, was it the Hanna Barbera Godzilla uh TV series, and he's also worked on uh, The Little Mermaid and some of the other uh TV shows and feature films. He's got a very soft, soft voice. Yeah, it was it was a pretty interesting uh, inter- uh, interview with the like this uh, kind of with this uh, crazy guy that sits next to him in the dealer's room. There kind of like has this uh, long gray kind of wavy uh, kind of crazy hair and all that, wearing some crazy uh, button up shirt and yeah, it was it was uh, pretty interesting. He got some of the uh, the insights of what happened or what would what went on with the, the Hanna-Barbera Godzilla as well as uh, the Little Mermaid and some of the other um, uh, properties he was a part of in that one. But I was essentially in Ballroom 2 basically just to get a good seat for the next panel uh, that I was involved in in that same room, which was the Akira Takarada uh, interview. Basically, that whole entire... Uh, interview was uh, basically talking about him growing up uh, you know, in China where he originally was is from and he was talking about uh, some of the wars that happened during that time and how uh, how he lived or lived I think it was when uh, uh, was it Soviet Russia or something were in there at, at one point. Uh, and yeah, there was just a lot of crazy stuff going on before he moved uh, to Japan there and how he became uh, like an actor, how he got into movies and so on and so forth. It was a really interesting panel or interview. Uh, the second panel I attended on Saturday was 50 Years in Mirror Man by Andrew Pataglia. Uh, he is the guy who did the Golden Bat panel uh, last year, uh, the one that I hailed so much. Um, this was a very good panel. Again, uh, Andrew put on uh, another superb panel with a lot of very uh, useful, helpful information. And um, 
it was one of my favorites uh, coming out of this particular G-Fest. Uh, again, lots of information. I did learn an awful lot. Then again, though, too, I didn't know a whole lot about, uh, you know, uh, stuff um, from uh, Mirror Man anyways. How's it going? Godzilla Productions TV. Um but uh, it was a good panel. I, I really liked it. Uh, Andrew Battaglia, I, I think in the future, any G-Fest that I go to in the future, any panel that uh, he's doing by himself or with anybody else, I'm going to attend. It's, it's very uh, – it was a very good panel. I learned a lot. So um, I think I didn't go to quite a few of the panels here up until uh, – two o'clock or I think I might have been part of uh, uh, I think in the beginning part I think I was with you for just a few minutes on the history of kaiju art because I believe you were in that one there and then uh, I moved over to the nasty panel which is at two o'clock so I basically talked you know most about it earlier in this uh uh, episode here on the Nessie panel. I think I might have uh, saw just a bit of the the Heisei uh, Gamera panel uh, as well. And I know I saw. I think I went to the one of the Pagan Neil ones. I don't. I don't think it was the one on Saturday, but I believe it was. <sighs> I think it might have been on Sunday or something of the sort for that one. But I know I went to one of the panels that had Peggy, uh, Neil, and that one. But, um, yeah, so that was my sort of gist was the uh, the Nessie panel at 2 o'clock. Um, at 11, uh, my third panel on Saturday, I went to the Kaiju Kingdom podcast with Jessica Sang and Chris Eaton. Uh, another informative panel. Uh, it basically talked about this guy in Korea and sort of the, the controversy with the licensing of Ultraman and how crazy this guy in Korea was and how he wrote this pseudo memoir about himself. And he couldn't technically get it fully published because again uh with rights from Subaraya and just all the legality involved um and the fact that you know he was involved to some extent with the king kong versus godzilla film but then he photoshopped himself in various photos that he originally was not a part of um to say the least, this guy, I mean, I don't know the full story because I was never really following it all that much uh, when the story um, was uh, unfolding. This guy was um, this guy was um, a, a, a piece of work to say the least. Yeah, I agree with you, Godzilla uh, Productions TV, because uh, the original intent of kaiju kingdom podcast was talking about uh the king of the monsters film and 
Yeah, I mean, they spent maybe 15, 20 minutes about it, but it was about their friend. I forget the guy's name, but he did the mocap for Godzilla in the film. And it was some interesting information as far as the behind-the-scenes stuff, as far as trying to get him to get a free pass to the premiere of the film. Because I guess typically uh, suit actors or mocap actors uh, have to pay for their own ticket when the movie officially opens. And so it was about Jessica talking because I guess she represents him. Uh, trying to get him a free pass and all that to the to the premiere of the film. By and large, though, they really didn't cover, other than that, really anything about King of the Monsters. I really thought they were going to do more, like just give their own views about it and also uh, just talk more about really the film <laughs> and kind of where Kong versus Godzilla was going. Uh, that didn't shape up. But yeah, I, I, now that you bring that up, I, I remember now they were supposed to cover basic. That was what they were supposed to cover, really. And they really didn't do that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I was a little disappointed in that. Uh, but at the same time, though, uh, the Ultraman fiasco that they were talking about was interesting in and of itself. But yeah, when it came to the Godzilla King of the Monsters stuff, um, I was disappointed in that. But nevertheless, it was still a, a good panel. I enjoyed it. Uh, and the uh, the next panel that I went to was right after the Nessie one, and that was the uh, Kaiju Cast 10th Anniversary uh, podcast and Ballroom 2, and this is where... Uh, Kyle Young, his uh, co-host, uh, interviewed some of the people that um, have been part of some uh, projects over in, J- in Japan. I think also they, I think they interviewed the daughter of uh, Koji Kawakita there, and then I think uh, one of the guys, uh, I think he was a bit familiar. I think he uh, came to one of the G Fests. Uh, uh, I think uh, the last few years or so ago uh, but I just can't remember his name uh, right now but uh, he was there and then they had uh, and then they had one of the other uh, guys I uh, I just can't uh, remember their names but it was essentially just uh, you know going over uh, some of the things that they did uh, so on and so forth. It was just uh, mainly just uh, interviews of uh, certain uh, industry uh, peeps over in Japan. But it was it was a pretty interesting uh, 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 episode that they did uh, for Kaiju Cast. You you ate breakfast. One of the King of the Monster panelists hates Pacific Rim Uprising. Yeah, I don't know if you were at that Pacific Rim Uprising panel last year. Uh, Yeah, we we talked about this earlier in the podcast. Uh, Yeah, that that was a panel that, at least from last year's G-Fest, we consider the worst panel from last year. I don't understand the the hate behind that, and, and it just seems like the people who dislike that movie really hate it, and I don't understand it. But uh, anyway, on Saturday, I was going to try to go to drawing with Matt and Hiroshi, but unfortunately, that room was filled to capacity and out in the hallway, so I skipped that one. Uh, and then I had a break. I actually tried 
doing the interview with Peggy Neal, but because it was so hot, I had to leave. And after getting only like six minutes of audio uh, of her with my audio recorder, uh, I left and I tried doing the Heisei Gamera panel that was next door. And unfortunately, uh, I couldn't really hear the the panelists all that well and because i was sweating like crazy and just hot yeah, i just left anyways and went up to the room yeah because this uh, is essentially the day when there were just so many uh like those two rooms were just jam-packed yeah one after another there and the the air conditioner was just hard to keeping up with all that body heat yeah i mean it, it was just it was bad even even uh like places the like the visibility bar for instance i would say that area was yeah. probably one of the hottest places in that hotel yeah so what I ended up doing at two o'clock, while you were doing the Nessie panel, I was over next door um, doing the history of kaiju art with Bib Eggleton. And no, I am not pr- mispronouncing his name because that's how they spelled his name. In the yeah, I just I just noticed that too. I was but they misspelled his name in the program. Um, it was an interesting panel. It wasn't, I guess, too much uh, of. I guess an actual history. It was more about going through um, really different um, posters, movie posters from different countries, and even uh, 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 art that was uh, on boxes of toys and puzzles and model kits. Um, It was interesting. It was more of just kind of a show and tell type of thing. There wasn't too much of a narrative. Uh, There were some people he named where he could identify who drew it. But it was just basically like, oh, look at this compared to the poster for that. Um, it It was a fun panel visually. Um, that's all I can really say about that. And you had talked about the Nessie panel already. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, yeah, after the Kaiju cast panel, I essentially just took a break uh, and then just waited until the, you know, when we went to the award ceremony or the final Jeopardy uh, that that I at least saw. And I think you came down maybe uh, later in that uh, for Jeopardy, or were you down there around the same time I was? Uh, yeah, I was. Uh, but I went to a couple other panels before that. Did I go to the 25 Years of Space Godzilla? I did. Yes, I did. That was for um, Sunday. We will talk about that in just a moment. We're going through uh, each day kind of in the order of the panels we attended. Uh, I went to a Godzilla King of the Monsters panel at 3 o'clock while you were in Kaiju Cast. Um, that one was fun. I did enjoy that. Uh, I That panel was sort of what the Pacific Rim Uprising panel should have been. That was balanced, and I thought it was very fair. Um, and um, I, I liked how they did that. They, they more or less, yes, enjoyed the film, but at the same time, they expressed um, certain flaws of the film, but also certain... Um, I guess maybe uh, uh, issues uh, that they had with the film, uh, but it was sort of what a panel should have been on something like that. It was pros and cons, and and just well represented as far as 
pros and cons. <laughs> um, and then the last panel before uh, the final Jeopardy and the and the awards ceremonies and all that. Um, uh, went to a Godzilla's Revenge panel with Ed Gajaszewski and Steve Rifle. Um, that was a fun panel. I did learn some things there. And again, um, kind of like really all Godzilla's Revenge panels this year was pretty darn positive on the film. Uh, I did learn something very interesting was that, uh, you know, I had always believed Gabra more or less was sort of an ogre. And come to find out, Gabra's inspiration was supposed to be a frog. So there we go. And then we had, you know, like you were talking about the final uh, Jeopardy. There was the awards. Gosh dang, that awards ceremony took forever. Yeah, that was um, probably one of the longest ones that they, when they started doing that. You know what? They had the raffle draws, but it was only the, yeah, frog. That that was the inspiration. I was the same way, too, thinking a frog. But, yeah, I mean, everybody thought that way. It's just like, really, a frog? Um but they only had the uh, two night stay. They didn't do the split the pot. Yeah, I was um, I was fairly surprised just, that they didn't uh, really do that uh, this year with that like the auction that they been us- usually been doing for the last uh, six years of uh, G Fest and yeah. those drawings. But they didn't they didn't do that this year. Which yeah, I'm, I don't know if they just weren't doing it in general. What the deal was with that, I don't know. And they had like uh, G fans helping G fans. Yeah, that too. And uh, there every year. And an auction, like the last three, four years, yeah, they like, had auctions like I, too. Like I said uh, earlier there, but uh, yeah, I was fairly surprised that they didn't uh, do anything of the sort. Some old lady yelled at some plain kids during the ceremony. She wasn't nice. Yeah, old, older folk tend to not be too nice a lot of times. Um, but, uh, and then you had adult fan costume parade. Pretty nice this year. A lot of great costumes. And then kind of at that point, you and I ended our day. Uh, we didn't stick around for amateur kaiju videos because yeah. it was way past my bedtime. I know I was fairly close of uh, going to... Uh, was it on Friday night? The uh, Godzilla uh, King of the Monsters showing over at Pickwick, but uh, fortunately, I didn't go to that one. And I thought about going to see Monster Zero Saturday night, but I just didn't end up going to Pickwick at all. I know we've talked about going uh, 2002 to- co- Godzilla costume was my pick of the of the adult costume that was um, yeah that, that was, was by far the best I mean that was like studio quality yeah, that one's the uh, was it the Project Nautilus uh, uh, guy he's he's done the 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 twenty fourteen uh, suit uh, version of Godzilla there that mm-hmm. one was really nice it almost looked like that was another good one too the yeah. twenty fourteen one yeah or no twenty nineteen one. Well, he he did the 2014 one a few years ago. Yeah, there was a 2019 one this year too. That was really good. Yeah. And um, so moving on to Sunday, the final day of uh, G Fest. Um, because I miss Matt and uh, Hiroshi on Saturday, I tried going to How to Draw Godzilla with Philo Barnhart and Matt Frank. Uh, again, I got I got there early, but I got a seat, and again, filled the capacity. 
Unfortunately, though, I stayed there for 20, 25 minutes, and all they did uh, during that time I was there was just talk about Philo's um, career in, in animation, uh, and which was interesting. But I was there going, I thought we were going to be drawing something. And I, like I said, I was there 20, 25 minutes, and when they weren't starting to draw, uh, yeah, the Godzilla, the fire Godzilla, that was really neat, too. That was a nice little touch with that costume uh but with the the philo uh, and matt frank panel i was very disappointed uh with that i actually left because <laughs> i remember telling you i got in touch with you i said they aren't drawing so i left <laughs> so, um yeah i mean i i like philo he's got a real soft voice a very nice man though yeah uh, informative panel but like i said i went there to see some godzilla art um didn't see it 20, 25 minutes in, and I just said, I'm leaving, so I left. Yeah, so the uh, the first panel that I went to for Sunday on the final day of G-Fest was the Shusuke Kaneko uh, interview number two. So they had two interviews with uh, Shusuke. Uh, and this one I went to was mainly about the uh, GMK film and like some of the behind the scenes and uh, get some questions and uh, Q&As from the fans of the sort, get his take. Um, and like his first round one interview, which was on Sunday right after Akira Takarada, was mainly about the Heisei Gamera, which it would have been nice to have actually been at that one. But at that time, the uh, the room was getting a little bit too warm, too, a little bit too uncomfortable for me. But, uh, yeah, so I did go to his second interview on Sunday about uh, GMK, and I basically have almost the uh, entire uh, interview of that recorded, um, But I and I've got it on my computer here. I just need to like, get some of this stuff uh, put together and uh, upload on our YouTube channel here, but um, yeah, it was it was a pretty interesting panel and some of the behind things that some some of the things that we you know knew uh, for a long time like some of the some of the monsters that he actually wanted or some of the th- or and then some of the things that we uh, that I learned or somewhat of a surprise. Um, of the sort, but uh, yeah, uh, the Shusuke Kaneko uh, interview was pretty interesting. Um, and then I went to the Space Godzilla uh, 25 years panel uh, in the Kennedy room, and um, a real nice uh, panel. Uh, the room was made up of mostly people uh, who liked the film. Uh, but then you had uh, uh, but then you had some people who uh, didn't like it, which you know is to be expected. And relatively fun panel. I wouldn't necessarily I, again, if you are a relatively new Godzilla fan, uh, you probably would have learned something from the panel. But as someone who's been a fan for like 26, 27 years now, I didn't get a, a whole lot of new stuff out of that panel. I wish I would at least I've gone to that panel because I know Space Godzilla is one of my favorite villains of the uh, 
of the Godzilla franchise, but uh, too bad I missed out on that one. Yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't the most informative, but it was a lot of fun. Uh, I mean, the panelists made it uh, incredibly fun and uh, just it was great. It, it was fun with Q&A sessions. It was it was a fun panel. And typically I'm, I'm one of those people who is like, I like my panels to be informative. I like to try to learn something from them. But at the same time, though, too, if I, I can uh, just have fun, um, if, if the panelists are having fun and trying to make it fun, then I can enjoy it uh, as well. And uh, that was a fun one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the next panel that I went to was the, the Con Unmade uh, panel where they talked about the history of Con and all the sort of fascinating uh, unmade films that they talked about. About, but they also mentioned about the uh, the lost films, mainly the ones that were made in Japan. Like, uh, was it the Wase uh, King Khan in Japan, and then uh, King Khan and Edo, which both of those were are considered lost films, essentially because of uh, World War taking place and then you got the, I, the that was one of the few panels in which I got full audio of the Bob Eggleton one I got full audio of and I just want to say to this to everybody um, we will over the next month or two it'll take a while because we both took a lot of pictures and, and video and sound clips and all that it's going to take us a while to post some of the videos uh, and photos and, and, and audio clips up some of the, the movies and photos we'll try to post up onto Facebook but a lot of the video and audio clips will be uploaded to our YouTube channel Mm-hmm. Yeah. So make sure you uh, hit the subscribe button if you haven't done so already. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I was going to go to the Latitude Zero panel, but yeah. I got canceled yeah. for no apparent reason. Yeah, basically, I have theories, uh, yeah, we just had the notification of that. I think uh, the day before or on that day that the Latitude Zero uh, panel uh got canceled there so i at least had a little bit of time just walking around uh and just uh exploring the convention there and then i uh for a little bit went into the piano performance that was uh happening in uh, ballroom one which that one was uh pretty interesting some of the music that they were doing uh i think they were ma- they were mainly doing the uh, kira fukube uh music for that one and then I think that one's uh, somewhat merged with that the next panel in that same room, which was they were talking about Kira Fukube, which I did go to that one, I think, in the last 30 to 15 minutes of that one before uh, going to the uh, G-Fan G-Fest G-Tour panel uh, that I went uh, to just to figure out if they're going to actually be doing a G tour for, which sounds like that they are going to uh, be doing that. But um, so I'll have to uh, get some updates with them. One of these times that they're actually going to be doing that uh, for next year. Cause they're thinking about uh, having that uh, kind of in, uh, was it August or September? So sort of targeting in that area for, for G2 or 4. 
Mm-hmm. And the final panel I went to, not just Sunday, but all of G-Fest this year was, uh, and it turned out to be my absolute favorite panel uh, this year at G-Fest and one of my all-time favorite panels uh, in the eight years I've been going to G-Fest. It was about the Godzilla anime trilogy. And one of the reasons why, well, and I want to say, too, I got to give a shout out to the panelists on there. It was Will Offit, uh, Kevin Derendorf, uh, Ira Taborn, Brian Scherschel, and Chris Little. I don't think I forgot anybody. Um, great panel, very uh, knowledgeable in terms of uh, the individuals, especially the, the directors involved with the anime trilogy and also looking at the anime trilogy from a a viewpoint that i uh, that i think was positive now granted i know a lot of people who have been listening are like well kent you always want to talk about the pros and the cons well this panel actually did talk about some of the cons uh with the anime trilogy and all that they were mostly positive though and a lot of that is because and some of them admitted this was because the um the uh overall fan base at least here in the states it has been very uh hyperbolic in the negativity uh of of that particular trilogy and um so some of them cite a little bit more on the positive end with the anime trilogy, uh, but by no means did they think it was perfect, but they really believed that there is more there than what many fans have given the trilogy credit for. Um, and like I said, I, you know, it, it's not just because they also like the anime trilogy. That's not, that's not just the reason why I enjoyed that panel. Uh, oh my gosh, you actually like the anime trilogy as well. Welcome aboard. Thank Thank you. <laughs> and also, thanks for uh, subscribing there, Godzilla Productions. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I have felt very much alone <laughs> uh, in terms of my. Well, life. you're not just alone. You have me too. <laughs> well, I know, but I can't talk to you 24 7. But yeah, I also attended, I think, the last few or so minutes of that panel. Yeah. And I mean, it was just, uh, it was a wonderful panel. I mean, like I said, I didn't enjoy it just because they uh, liked the anime trilogy as well, but I enjoyed it because they were very knowledgeable and I thought they were being very honest and fair uh, about the anime trilogy. Like I said, covering both the pros and the cons. And then one of the great things was that shortly afterwards when you and I kind of went down the hall and took a little bit of a breather for a while, um, Brian Scherschel and Ira Taborn came down and I told them how much I enjoyed their panel. And we got to talking, not just about the Godzilla uh, anime trilogy, but we got to talking about the Hong Kong, uh, you know, or China uh, uh, movie business and all that. I mean, we delved into so many different topics. We talked for maybe what about a good hour or so. And all the way down Um, to like uh, traffic and construction. Now (laughs) that was like one of the last main things, like all the way down to, row construction around around the uh, the entire city yeah one of the things i wanted to bring up and this is something you and i talked about sporadically over the the course of the weekend and i don't want to be you know trying to start a conspiracy theory or anything like this but what happened to robert scott field this year um that was that was he, one of the uh, the main elephants in the room this year because you were telling me at the gfs orientation panel that you went to that they were saying there was a scheduling issue is what you said yeah 
But then nothing was mentioned of Robert at all, like during the opening ceremony or the awards ceremony. Um, I saw nothing on Robert's um, uh, page. I saw nothing on the G-Fest page, which is odd because last year when Takarada had to have surgery, um, uh, uh, they let everybody know like why Takarada wasn't showing up. And this year, all of a sudden, it's just like Robert Scott Field was just sort of erased. He was erased as as far as from the special guest page on the G Fan page, and really nothing else was said. Robert Scott, like I said, Robert Scott Field didn't mention anything, and it just seems odd because if it was a scheduling problem, I wouldn't think they would try to like keep it hush hush in the way yeah, that they did yeah, try to be so quiet about it and like and i said then, i'm not trying to start a conspiracy theory yeah. i legitimately want to know what happened here like indeed was it a scheduling problem because during my research i guess if you can call it that uh if it was something again as simple and innocent as a scheduling conflict i would think both parties would have mentioned that and that would have been the end of that um did he get in trouble with them or something that's been one of my theories is that there was some sort of disagreement or argument or something going on um i don't know like i said i'm not trying to start a conspiracy theory that's not what i'm here to do i hate conspiracy theories and all that so i'm not going to start it and i don't it's just it's odd um that nothing was really said and again uh like i said if it was something as innocent as scheduling problem i would think it would have been mentioned and it really wasn't it just kind of erased and didn't happen that was yeah because uh was it uh just recently i went on to his uh facebook page and uh i've seen at least some of the comments uh, from people that have posted on his page saying, oh, we miss we missed you at G-Fest. And I actually uh, actually saw something here from uh, Robert Scott uh, from five days ago uh, saying, uh, thanks for the comments. And I also miss seeing all the G-Fans. I was in southern Japan on my Harley and setting up schools and continuing uh, the building of a cutting edge cancer hospital and should be done by January, 2020. Uh, it'll be huge. So that, uh, that seems to be one of the things there. Cause I've seen some pictures of him, you know, going on to Harley and all that, but it seems okay. like that could be one of the things too, but it, j- that just came out. Like I said, according to his Facebook post five days ago. So, but Still, I wish they would have at least, you know, could have mentioned something okay. that he could well, wasn't able to make it this year. Well, I hope that is true. But again, it's just like, why would you keep that secret? It's yeah. just weird. Um, yeah, why didn't they say something? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm in the same boat. It just, it seems weird because, again, when Takarada couldn't make it last year, it was all over. Takarada's got to have surgery. He's not going to come this year. And it's just... It's just weird, and I really hope that is the truth, that it just was the fact that he got involved in building hospitals and just couldn't come because he's so invested in that project. And then uh, then one of the other reasons I mentioned to you 
during the convention is that uh, since he's he's mentioned of training some athletes there and with the 2020 Olympics coming up and taking place in Tokyo next year, that might be one of the things too that he could be busy uh, helping training some of the athletes uh, getting ready for the Olympics. That could be one thing too. It could. I don't know why, but but then again, why would they keep that a secret if that would have been? <laughs> I don't know. I, you know, I, I hope uh, maybe something will get mentioned next year. I don't know. It depends on too, though, if he shows up next year. Who knows? But um, we'll, we'll maybe find out. But with all that being said, G Fest is now concluded. Uh, overall thoughts of, of this year's G Fest, Jason? Like just kind of, you know, um, where does this rank for you? You know, as far as G Fest and just kind of what did you make of it in, in general? Um, well, I know. When we sit down in our favorite spot there at the hotel and we sort of talk it over and just give our like uh, first impression after G-Fest before, uh, you know, thinking it over for the next week before our post show here. And between then and now, and I actually made a uh, a top eight list (laughs) of for me here uh, to go over and let me just bring it over to the window here um so for uh for this g-fest uh what i mentioned to you was that um as of that time when g-fest 26 came to an end i sort of had it at uh, was it the top four of the lower half of the eight G Fest consecutive G Fest that we've gone to? And since that time and now, after thinking it over, I still have it as the uh, the top of the lower four, essentially because of. Was it the top mean, four? In other words, fifth place. Yes. Um, so it's still pretty much in fifth place since, uh, you know, making that first impression from then until now. Because uh, basically number one is our very first GFS that we went to, GFS 19. And then following that was GFS 20 at number two. Uh, and then at GFS uh, the third one was GFest uh, 23, which uh, which was another good one. Uh, fourth is GFest 22, and then uh, GFest 26 comes in fifth. Uh, 24 came in sixth. 25th uh, came in seventh, and then of course uh, 21st came in last place. Because for those of you that have watched our podcast, we've uh, kind of wrangled on. 21 as being one of the worst ones that we've attended so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, for me, it was kind of what I thought it could be, it, which was a standard um, middle of the road G Fest. Uh, I've been chatting here uh, in the text box with Godzilla Productions TV and, um, and, um, 
you know, if, uh, I, I mean, I'm right in the same boat with you. For me, in terms of all the eight that we've been to, this for me is ranked eighth uh, behind, in no particular order, 19, 20, 22, and 23. Um, and um, it, it really was kind of what I thought and hoped it would be was at least sort of a, an, an average, however you want to define that, uh, G-Fest. And um, I enjoyed it. There were some good panels this year. Like I said, the anime one was my absolute favorite coming out of this particular one. Uh, there was that one really bad one that we mentioned at the top of the podcast. And um, But overall, I really enjoyed it. It was great getting you know to talk to old friends and, and make some new ones. Um, and all that, um, it was great. And for me too, it's also ranked fifth uh, in, in the top eight. And uh, dealer's room is what ties it all together for you. Yeah, a dealer's room I think is is kind of the main attraction for most people that go to the convention. So what do you uh, think? It's obvious to see why. What do you think of them uh, sort of basically going back to the, uh, the original way of how they let people into the dealer's room? Are you talking to me or are you talking to Godzilla Teeth Productions? Asking you. <laughs> me? Yeah. Um, I actually liked it. Like we were talking, uh, you know, there um, at the at the convention. I liked the wristbands because I thought they did work. But at the same time, I could understand that people who did show up late, why it would take a lot longer for them to get in. Um I liked how they did it this year. And like I said, I don't know what it was that they did this year, but they kept that line moving. Uh, you didn't spend, even though that line got really long, you weren't standing there very long. I think we were standing in line for maybe 20, 25 minutes max. And it was already really long when we got in. Well, and then also and- this, this year too, they actually opened it fairly early, even on the first too, day. Yeah. Yeah. That was something I think you and I, I don't know if we've ever mentioned it on a podcast, but I, I know you and I privately have uh, discussed that, you know, why couldn't they try anyways to open it up a little bit earlier? Because they used to open it up um, at four in the afternoon on Fridays. And I always thought, well, couldn't they try for right. maybe like Thanks. two o'clock or one o'clock or something like that? Um, but the the line more or less, you know, you weren't in line for very long and i just i like the again like i said i don't know what it was that they did differently this year but they were able to more or less uh keep it going and um but yeah i i just um yeah Uh, i mean i i liked what they did yeah uh and also one of the annoying things about the dealer's room, it seems like it's been going on for two consecutive, I think maybe like a few consecutive years so far was that, that the last uh, aisle there where radioactive toys is, that's like the most congested. That's been going on for eight years, ever since we've been going. Radioactive toys has like one of the largest selections of Godzilla figures slash vinyl you're going to find there and it's it's easy to see why that's that section's always congested yeah they should they should have at least you know split them up or widen up the lanes you should have mentioned that to jd at that final panel i know i i should have but i just didn't but and then also one of the other things too is that um yeah there's some areas that 
really smelled <laughs> in the dealer's room. Like that's I not, mentioned, that's not the convention's fault. Those are the individuals. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It just it's like sometimes I think some people just need to keep themselves uh, cleaned up better. <laughs> uh, public message bathe yeah. often. <laughs> yeah, or bathe. You know relatively frequently all I, all I have to say just like literally smell like crap <laughs> that's all i have to say <laughs> well and this is kind of going to sort of um move into sort of our final section of this particular show in terms of next year are we going and I know we've mentioned this before the last two, three years. We've been sort of ho-humming it now at a point where it's just like, eh, we don't know if we're coming back. Um, and with you potentially doing G2 or next year, that's definitely putting things on into question right now. Um, and yeah, then with G2, I- um, like you and I, we were talking about part of it, the convention to some extent, granted we stayed a week this year, um, but the convention- For, for one of, thing, we're not gonna do a week this time. We're not doing a week ever again. Yeah. Uh, but After a thousand dollar bills, like I totally forgot about this. We ain't doing this. That's awesome that you're continuing to go. I'm, I'm glad that you're doing that. Uh, for me though, personally, it's gotten to a point where and part of it is because we've been gone for eight years. Eight consecutive years. Yeah, eight Yeah, eight years slash consecutive years. And so when you do something like that over that amount of time, um, you just kind of get used to things. But part of the problem, too, and I really hope that at some point – and I doubt this will happen, but it would be great if someone like J.D. Lees, Martin Arlt, uh, Jeff Horn, you know, somebody, uh, you know, who is connected with the G-Fest in any way, shape or form, uh, sees or listens to this podcast and tries to take some take take this mention that I'm about to bring up to heart. Um not only is for me anyways and again i'm just talking about me i'm not talking about anybody else uh, i also noticed though august Ragoni, six seven eight months ago I, however long it was been within the last 12 months i noticed august Ragoni uh brought this up too on his facebook uh as well and i really noticed it this year myself uh but please if anybody who is connected with gfest ever listens to this podcast please take this to heart for someone like me uh, who has been going long enough uh, it's gotten to the point where gfest for someone like me isn't all that exciting anymore like I told you, I said I kind of wondered over the last couple of years if the days before GFS were maybe more exciting for me than the actual convention. And I realized this particular year that indeed was the case. I actually had more fun before GFest than I did during. And that's not to say I didn't enjoy the convention. I did, but it it's not the same anymore. And like again, yeah, like the charm is starting to wear off, basically. Yeah, and again, like I said, part of it is because we've been going for eight years now. I mean, that's just that's part of it. Um, but um, at the same time, uh, I do think part of it is 
the setup of the convention itself. I haven't been to other conventions, so I can't compare this to anything else like Comic-Con or BotCon or uh, WizardCon or the New York City Comic-Con. I know, I know I've gone to Wizard WorldCon when they've been here in Minneapolis for a few years before they discontinued doing it, but I would say at least that was a little bit more exciting that they had a lot of stuff going on there uh, rather than uh, G-Fest here. And then, and then of course, we have like the local spring and fall con here, which is just mainly focused on the comic book creators and some of the vendors themselves and maybe a few little panels here and there. And that, I would say that's also pretty interesting, too. Yeah, and my point, though, is that G-Fest doesn't change much from year to year. Uh, it no. just doesn't. Uh, you may get little things here and there like, what was that that vinyl toy uh, display yeah, that the, guy had the in the vinyl, vinyl store? The vinyl that, conflict. Uh, yeah, that was really cool. But something like that isn't going to be a game changer. And like I said, I've never been to any other cons, so I can't really compare it. But my understanding, at least from uh, seeing photos and videos of different kinds and also hearing other people have gone to some of these different conventions it seems like all these other conventions try to change certain things up and part of it yes are the vendors and just individuals and companies that show up uh, you know there's typically you know different uh, turnover each year for one reason or another because different movies are coming out different comic series are etc um that's part of it but it just seems like g fest and part of it is in the dna of jd lee's and how he wants to do it which he wants to make it very family friendly which i am totally fine with that i'm totally fine with it being family friendly um although i still think the hatred uh, for godzilla 98 is still a little too much i heard some awful things and i wore a godzilla 98 shirt over the over the convention and <laughs> that that needs to change but um um i'm all for making it as family friendly um as possible um but at the same time you can still make it family friendly by doing something different i don't have a solution to that i really don't and i know some people may roll their eyes at that simply because they're saying well you're complaining about this don't you have at least one solution to this and the answer is no i honestly don't because again i don't have experience in going to different conventions but the there's got to be something they can do. And I think part of it is, yes, just trying to keep it family friendly. But number two, to because the formula has worked year after year. Mm -hmm. uh, the thing is, though, the years that they see an increase in attendance at the G-Fest are the years like 2014, this year, and probably next year when there are new films coming out, especially American ones. Uh, because that's when... The, the attendance booms and um well the the gfest before the 25th one i think it was the most attended gfest before this one here because i think essentially it was you know when the anime trilogy came out so i guess some of that could have been part of the attendance for last year's uh gfest but also i would say uh with toho finally 
getting out there and and of course they had their own like the very their very first booth over at uh the san diego comic-con here uh, i would say maybe a solution to maybe getting something going at gfest is maybe getting like the uh, the north american toho which they're like expanding their offices here maybe have like one of those guys coming to g-fest maybe setting up their own booth or uh like their entire room maybe having them taking over the the dojo studio area maybe that could be the thing yeah i mean just like godzilla productions tv scene maybe they could get a godzilla history room like at san diego comic-con something like that but they need to have game changers and one of the things that i think that they count on every year outside of new films uh, mm-hmm. One of the things that I think they always count on are the guests, which is fine. I understand that's a huge attraction for a number of people. For me, and I hate to admit this, but the special guests, who they get is not a game, is not an attraction for me anymore. That's not to say I don't enjoy um, seeing, uh, you know, Akira Takarada or Mizaki Mas- Tezuka or, you know, um, crap, I forgot the gal's name. Kawakita. <laughs> Uh, you know, that's not to say I don't enjoy seeing these people. I do. But the thing is, is, is that they need to do something different. They need to change the formula a little bit. And like I said, I don't have a solution to that. And I guess, well, I guess maybe my answer for GED and anybody associated with some poll with the GFS convention would be to, um, look at other conventions, uh, either go to other conventions or talk to other people who have gone to other conventions uh, and just kind of see, okay, what are these conventions doing? You know, and well, just take and, some ideas. And, and I think this this was one of the other things that they talked about in the the, the GFAN, GFS, G Tour panel. It, this this is sort of up the alley with the, some of the, uh, the fans were talking about with uh, JD Lee's is that some of it had to be a little bit more like corporate sponsoring and all that. And JD, from what it sounds like, he's a bit skeptical on sort of things. And like, is it hard to get, you know, get uh, like any leads? And, and I know that he had uh, like some corporation get, get a hold of them, but it sounded like that it was going to be a bit too much or something like that. But I think a lot of, a lot of it just had to deal with like some of the money and like a space, like a bigger space for the convention. I, Cause I know that they did G fest, you know, across the street from the hotel there, but it just, they, from what JD said that they just felt like a small fish in the big pond there. Uh, so they just wanted something that was like exclusive, exclusively for you know all the fans and every like like everyone there is like part of like a, a family community or some of the sorts. Right. So it basically had to come down like what they were talking about, just like uh, corporate sponsorships and money of the sort. Right. And again, I mean. I am in JD's corner when it comes to trying to make it more intimate, making it put together by fans for fans. 
and I have no problem with that whatsoever because you don't want to get things too corporate because I've heard people complain in, in recent years about San Diego Comic-Con and how that's changed and how it's more corporate than ever. And I hate corporate. Um, I'm just saying that I'm not a fan of corporations. I, I think they ruin this country in more ways than run and one than one. Uh, but I, I don't want GFest to get corporate because then you talk about certain things that won't change. If GFest were to ever, uh, you know, get corporate, uh, you talk at some point, it's not going to change again. And it's because corporate's saying, well, we're raking in this amount of money each year. Why change it? Because if we change it, then we might not make the money, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, I mean, making it go corporate is not the answer either. Um, and I understand that if you want to try to make something big, I understand it's going to take more. It's going to take more space, which means more money. And it means trying to get more people involved to help pay the, the rental space for whatever space you're renting out, etc. And um, I understand that. And, and I get that. And I understand Kaiju is a very niche uh, genre or niche fan base here uh, in the United States and North America. And so, you know, doing something like the size of San Diego Comic-Con, I don't think is ever going to happen for something like this but just doing something different is all that needs to be done and like i said um the only solution i can really give is just look at other conventions and pick some ideas and just you know again just do a brainstorm throw things at the wall see what sticks and talk to other people i mean i know people like matt frank and lenny romero two artists who travel to various cons every year uh they go to enough cons i would say talk to guys like them that go to different conventions see what they you know talk to them and see you know what is it you know what do you see that that works at some of these other conventions that you go to what doesn't you know and things like that you know get some ideas from people who have gone and then maybe go yourself um that's about all i can do and this is leading to me, like I said, where part of the reason now I am seriously, you know, even if you were not potentially going to G tour next year, yeah, uh, this is that, this, yeah, this was I think our very first chat uh, at, of G Fest that we've seriously have been thinking whether or not if we're going to be going to yeah, next year. I mean, I'm seriously at this point wondering if I'm going to go next year. Uh, and again, like I said, part of it is just because we've been going for eight years. But at the same time, though, too, part of it is the convention itself. Um, nothing really has changed. I mean, outside of just the content with the panels every year. Uh, I do love getting together with old friends and chatting uh, and all that. That's great. Um, but the actual convention itself, it's just there's nothing really of substance there. There's nothing to wow me anymore. And the fact that the hotel room each and every year is going up in price. Uh, there's that, you know, food, of course, it goes up in price too. The dealer's room is always more expensive than if you were to wait and go online uh, to some of these dealers sites, if they have one. Um, I know. I- you know, it seems like recently they like some of these vendors have been making figures 
uh, or other things exclusively for the convention, which is another thing too. But still, I mean, they'll probably make those available after G-Fest here and there or someone on eBay will sell that certain exclusive figure uh, of the sorts. But yeah. Um, Just something needs to be done. And because, and part of it is us, uh, you know, we need to try to figure out, but it's just like, okay, well, you can only get excited for a convention. And especially if a convention doesn't, help you out and getting you excited each year i mean i know a lot of people be like well it's godzilla it's kaiju and you get to be with old friends and it's like well yes and again i like meeting old friends and all that but the actual convention itself kind of one of the reasons why we meet up that itself doesn't change and that's a problem because it costs us time but it also costs us money it's not getting any cheaper it's getting more expensive yeah because i know uh with the hotel room when we started it wasn't that terribly bad but then uh over time it it increased a little up until maybe a couple or so years ago it's uh and i think it stayed at the same price since but um even with the the uh, the discount code that they uh, give out uh, every year for the the convention, um, but I know with with us being there for a weekend, and I like every year I keep forgetting that they uh, include the the parking price uh, price on the receipt every That's year. Rip off. Yeah, because with us we drive two two separate cars, so they add twenty bucks a day, so ten bucks each per car. <sighs> So I, I always keep forgetting <laughs> that they put that on the receipt. So that's why it totals to just a little over a grand for us staying there for a week. Um, and that doesn't uh, count for the food that we put on the bill because we pay it right away over at the Chicago Fire Oven. Or there, we go to or, the all across the street. <laughs> yeah. Or to another restaurant nearby. Yeah. So we, we tend to go to some of the other various places around there, including our favorite restaurant, the Five Roses Pub that we go to uh, every time when we arrive at the hotel there. Um, But yeah, and then, you know, we went to Caddyshack once, which was a bit mediocre and the service was- Caddyshack is overrated as far as- It was a bit- It's overpriced. The the service was a bit awkward too that- (laughs) that we had there it's just she 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 was nuts <laughs> yeah but uh yeah things are starting to get a little bit pricey so that could can at least factor in our uh decision but i think from what we've said uh you know before we left and everything we probably are still gonna like put a placeholder uh and make a reservation just in case but we won't make a final decision till possibly around early to mid-february when they still have the early bird thing going for the registration for g-fest yeah and i mean we've got you know, roughly seven months uh, to kind of think this through uh, before we really need to start. If we are going to go, then we need to get our act together and move. But um, 
But um, yeah, I mean, this is the first time, and I'll, and really ever since we've been going, where I'm heavily leaning. If you were to ask me right now, are you going next year? I would say probably not. Now, granted, that could change. That could definitely change in the next couple of weeks. They could change. Uh, it, you know that could change that could change in a couple months i mean it just could change right now though and 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 now though more than ever uh, i have gotten to a point though where i really feel like i have come to a point where it's like it may be time to take a year or so off um because I remember after we went to our first G-Fest in 2012, we came back and we were just hyped more than ever. I mean, we were hyped about all things Kaiju and Tokusatsu. And, you know, we weren't sure if we were going to go the following year, but we were like, boy, if we can go, we're going to go again. And we were able to go and, and all that. And um, it's just, I realized, <laughs> I've realized, you know, it, over the last two to three years, uh, it's definitely come to a point where I'm, after each G Fest, I'm coming home now, and each year, I'm thinking to myself, it's becoming more and more likely that I'm going to skip out on the next one. <laughs> and yes, we've gone the last two to three years, uh, but this is now more than ever. It's just it's gotten to a point where I'm just like, because of just the fact we've been going eight years. But also the fact that nothing really exciting comes out of G-Fest a whole lot anymore in terms of just, I guess, content, if you want to call it that. Um, it's just time, I think, to take at least a little bit of a breather. Yeah. Now, let's say I were to take next year off and then go back in 2021. Will I get more excited about it? Probably not because one year off is one year off. And again, after you go the first couple of times, you're never going to replicate that again. You just aren't. Mm -hmm. And the only way you're going to be able to come close to replicating that is if there is another convention that deals with the same thing that you're interested in, which there isn't. Because again, Godzilla and Kaiju are a very small niche in this country. Uh, but at the same time, something that could get you a little excited would be, does the convention provide you with something fun and unique? Uh, like, is there... Like, are they going to give you a I don't see that happening anytime soon. I don't see that happening anytime soon. Um, so I just, you know, again, like we were saying, uh, I, I highly doubt the format's going to change or any content is going to change, um, which is unfortunate. Uh, but um, I don't run it. <laughs> but I really hope. Uh, I just, I really hope they take it to heart and maybe get some feedback. And I understand people love it and that's great. I think if you love it, that's awesome. Continue to go and all that. Uh, that's great. But for people like me who have been going long enough and all that and just kind of want to see something new, we're kind of stuck right now. It's just like, okay, well, do you want to take your time and your money and continue to go something that's sort of kind of, you know, is enjoyable for you at this point or would you rather take that time and money 
and just do something different with it, whatever that may be. And um, yeah, I'm at that point where it's just like, I, I think my my money and my time is better spent elsewhere. Yeah, because cause like, uh, like the, what's it? Uh, 2016 and 2017 uh, for my sort of like birthday present to me I went to Vegas a couple years in a row and I think that I had much more fun going to that than going to uh, G-Fest even though I went to G-Fest you know those two years still well and those were the first couple times you went to Vegas though too just yeah. like going to G-Fest the first couple of times were like awesome. <laughs> yeah. And like if if I can, if they are going to be doing uh, G2 or 4, going back to Japan and everything, I think that would definitely uh, be something to take advantage of. Because with me, I'm saving up for something else, so I can't. Save up money for two trips, so I gotta sacrifice something here since I'm saving up for something else. So I gotta possibly do one thing. So if they are gonna be doing G Tour uh, sometime in the fall of next year, uh, that probably be something that I will do and sacrifice not going to G Fest. Yeah, I mean. It, 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 the, this sort of reminds me of, of comparing it to my local mall. And I love going to my local mall just like I enjoy going to G-Fest. But at the same time, we all know sort of the condition of malls in today's day and age. Uh, you know, it's a mall that's maybe half full with shops. Uh, G-Tour is where um, people... Um, take a trip to Japan. They take a trip to Japan and they see the familiar sites that are related to Godzilla films. Like they might be able to get a tour of Toho Studios. They might. Uh, that's not a guarantee. But then they visit certain uh, just sites that are captured on film and other jump around and so on and so forth. Yeah. Um, but going back to my mall analogy, it's like, okay, you know, when I, when we first moved here, I loved going to that mall. It was great. Part of it though, too, is they had some more interesting stores that sadly are no longer there. But, um, by the way, is that Oriental store still there? It's still there. Okay. Um, but it's gotten to a point where, you know, it got to a point where I went to the mall so often I got tired of it. And part of the problem with that was that there weren't more, interesting stores in there to really attract me. I mean, I have to say, really the only store that attracts me to that mall every time is the bookstore. I love books, I love to read, and so that's why I go most of the time is to browse around the the bookstore. Um, But at the same time, it it gets to a point where after so many visits, that, that, that cannot be the main selling point anymore. And it's gotten to a point where outside of just going there to the play area so my kids can play there for a while and just burn off some energy, I, I don't go there all that often anymore. And it's similar to G-Fest. It's like, I do like it, but they aren't providing me anything. Uh, yeah, it's like going to school. You go so often, you get sick of it. <laughs> um, that's a good one. I hated school growing up, although I did enjoy high school and college. Yeah, so. it's 
it's sort of like sort of like the mall that's across the highway from me. Uh, it's like the only selling point for me there anymore is the the AMC theater, which has a an IMAX there, and then uh, JC Penny. <laughs> Those are basically the only selling points there. And then was it uh, late last year they added like this sort of pretty cool looking uh revolution food hall and then i noticed here just yesterday it just closed up after like several months of them investing <laughs> like what used to have been borders there but then now it's just all closed i was like well that was sort of a waste of money and time <laughs> put in that right. space and i and again it all goes back to my point of yes when you visit some place often enough it gets a little tiring but at the same time though too you the place especially with something like g fest or a mall or whatever there needs to be something there of interest to keep bringing you back and g fest for a while was able to do that um but um not anymore, and I hate to say that because I understand there are a lot of people who work hard to put that together each and every year. But um, but again, it's just like the overall content and just the overall format hasn't changed. And it hasn't changed really since we've been going. And I'm sure it probably was the same for numerous years before we even started going. Um, but it just something needs to change. And I know they pride themselves, like I said, on being family friendly and looking at as a convention put on by G fans for G fans, which is great. Again, I'm glad it's not corporate run. Um, but at the same time, though, too, they're always like, well, it's family and all that. It's like, OK, yeah, I get it. But that's getting a little schmaltzy now. Um, you know, I get it. That's great and all that. But show me something a little different. Let's do something a little bit different. Um, because the only things that change every year are the contents of the panels, maybe some of the costumes in the costume parade and the movies shown at the Pickwick. And that at this point is not enough to sell me anymore. It's like, what can you do differently? And I just, I really hope someone who's connected with the, the convention in some way, shape or form hears this and tries to take that to heart. Again, I'm not, trying to say your convention is bad it's not or nor uh, boring but it does need it does need to try to do something different every year uh, and and it's just and I, I don't know what that is but I just know. take notes from other people who have gone to conventions or go to other conventions yourself and take notes and try to maybe figure something out that way i know we were sort of hoping that would be the case because I know we talked about it for uh, GFS 25, but like what we said, that that was probably one of the weirdest and oddest GFS that they had because they didn't really celebrate their 25th yeah. anniversary, which is like a huge deal at that it's point. A silver because anniversary. Yeah, it's a silver anniversary. And like what we said too, at, was at the pre show for this uh, G-Fest was that they at least celebrated the 20th anniversary with cake, but they did a better job celebrating 20 years than they did 25. Yeah, which was fairly odd. And and as well, it was the 50th anniversary of Destroy All Monsters that same year, too. And it, it 
it was just one of the strangest and oddest G-Fest where they didn't really do much of anything, including celebrating their, like the milestone of the silver anniversary that they had. Yeah, I mean, it just, it was weird. Um, I, I really don't know what else to say about that, but yeah, I mean, they just, again, I know we've been on repeat for 20 minutes or however long we've been talking about it, but they need to try to do something different. Yeah, I completely and, agree with you, Godzilla Productions. Yeah, it 25 needed, they needed to do a big celebration, but they just, they just completely ignored it. What I would like to see happen, and I don't think it will happen, because we aren't big enough. We don't have the influence that some other people have uh, and all that, but it would be great if you get enough fans together to like email them or go to the GFest uh, Facebook page or whatever and really just bombard them saying it's a nice convention, but something needs to change. You know, like try to do something. It doesn't have to be everything. Like not everything has to change, but like at least do one different thing, like one decent size thing every year mm-hmm. and you know and, and people can give ideas uh, and all that and um, that's kind of I, I would love to see that happen but it's not going to happen I have no faith that anything's going to change anytime soon I, I hope I'm wrong but um, it, it's not looking like that's going to happen but with all that being said um Again, GFS 26, though, I did enjoy it. Uh, fun. It was, talk a, about, it, was, it was a typical middle-of-the-road GFS like I thought it was going to be. Yeah. So let's talk about uh, what we could do for our next episode, which, let's see, what is today? The 20th, which will be Which, August by the way, 3rd. is today, uh, 50 years ago, the Apollo 11 moon landing happened. Maybe we should do Independence Day. <laughs> You know, that's sort of unrelated. Well, they had a man on the moon thing to start the movie off. Um, <laughs> so I'm thinking for August 3rd, let's do a movie commentary. Uh, let's make things a little fun here as we kind of ease back into the, the, the regular. I think, I think the time is you get to choose this time. Yeah, I get to pick because I made that very clear a while back. Um, <laughs> yeah, because my last two choices have been the pretty bad films. They've been bad films. But um, for me, my my analogy is just get them out of the way and over with. Um, wait a minute. We did do a... No, we didn't. No, we didn't. Never mind. Um, I'm right now trying to narrow it down between two films and those two films are the 2014 godzilla and <laughs> you're gonna love this potential selection dragon wars oh boy i'm and thinking how much you know do we want to have something that's uh produced well and and entertaining or do we want something that's so bad it's gonna make you laugh and pee yourself uh type of uh, fun so um well, um, uh, for Dragon Wars, I still have yet to get that. So, oh, you haven't? No. Didn't we do the Golden Bat? Yeah, we did. I was going to say, I don't know why I didn't delete it off the list here. You know, speaking of Dragon Wars, I think I was post, I was 
planning on getting that at GFest, but I totally forgot to do that now, now that I think about it. Well, I forgot to warn you about buying certain movies, and I just totally forgot. I was like, oh, aren't you supposed to, like, buy something here? <laughs> I yeah. don't know what it is, but you're supposed to buy something. But at least I'll probably get it cheaper at uh, Amazon. That'll be oh, one, yeah. one thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, I think it was six bucks. Um, six or seven bucks. Off of Amazon. Uh, if we were to do it, would you be able to buy it by then? Yeah, I should be able to. Okay, uh, if I do, it'll probably be. But if, if I do, it'll probably be Monday. That's fine. I mean, as long as you get it by the third and you, and are able to watch it that evening. Um, yeah, because I mean, I got Amazon Prime, so I can get it with. Now it I'm actually it. thinking about adding Pacific Rim Uprising to that potential list. And I, I don't. I really like that. I, I really like. I mean, it's not the greatest movie ever put, but it's incredibly entertaining. Yeah. Um, so bad you want to hear. I, I have to admit, uh, we have more fun with the bad movies. Oh, um, cause I know, because cause I know we've already done uh, Gamera Super Monster, and, and that was way before we started the YouTube uh, live podcast uh, shows and everything. But You also had the Rebirth of Mothra trilogy as well. You know, strangely, you said that when I... Before I came home or before we left the hotel, I was seriously thinking about watching that as soon as I got home. The, the whole Moth, Rebirth of Mothra trilogy. Why would you torture yourself like that? <laughs> I don't know. Just, for some reason, my brain thought it just felt really good to watch something like that. Uh, do you have Monster X Strikes Back? No, I don't. I thought you did. Oh, we haven't done Death Cap. Uh... I know we, I think we at least reviewed that movie. We reviewed it, yes. Yeah. But I know we haven't done, just trying to talk about it in a regular discussion was bad enough. I mean, it made my brain hurt. It seemed Um, pretty good at first, in the first half, but then the second half just felt like it was just totally unrelated with the movie. You still need to see Rebirth of Mothra 3. Uh, Rebirth of Mothra 3 has some interesting ideas, but in terms of actual execution, it is horrible. And I and I mean that in the literal sense because uh, when you see them go back to the Cretaceous period, I kid you not, the dinosaurs that they use definitely look like actual toys. It's awful. I mean, it looks terrible and i always thought rebirth of mothra 3 was maybe my favorite but then when i went back and rewatched the whole trilogy here a couple years ago i realized rebirth of mothra 3 is the worst out of the trilogy and um the first two are better i think my favorite though is the second one but the third one is absolutely terrible um Shoot, what do I want to do? We got to do this on air. People are going to be turning off the the feed in their in their podcasting apps here. And yeah, just, come on, hurry up! <laughs> um, you know what? Uh, okay. Like, uh, um, what the hell are you doing? 
I'm just really trying to narrow it down here very quickly. You know what? I've been wanting to rewatch this movie ever since King of the Monsters came out. Um, let's do 2014. All righty. Because I've been meaning to... Uh, yeah, Rebirth of Mothra 3 is, from a production standpoint, really bad. Yeah, I would say the visual effects of that entire trilogy, I, th- I would say, didn't, uh, didn't age well. Well, no, and part of it was because smaller budget and Koichi Kawakita. You know, I don't think he did the effects for the third one. I'll have to double check that. Um, But um, I know he did the effects for the first two. I can't remember if he left for the third one. He might have, but I'm not sure. But yeah, like the effects for the third one are awful. I mean, the the Ghidorah and Mothra suits are good, but everything else is terrible. But uh, awesome, you're gonna be there for 2014. Awesome, thank you, thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, come join us August 3rd. Uh, we'll have a definitive start time coming out here in another week or two, as far as when we're gonna start that uh, commentary. So, uh, Grand King Ghidorah is an awesome Ghidorah in terms of uh, appearances. I do think that's one of the better looking Ghidorahs out there. Um, but August yeah, 3rd, yeah, doing, as, uh, as far as the commentaries, just to let you know, since if, if you haven't watched our commentaries, we don't show the actual footage or anything else. We watch it together, like from our you know, separate TVs that we have in front of us. You can also watch the movie as well and follow along with what we talk about uh, on the movie. So that's sort of the setup that we do. Yeah, we used to do uh, informative commentaries, but it got to the point that was more work than what we could actually do. So now uh, we just have fun we, we just do, have fun talking we about do some films. a little bit of the inf- like some information with the films themselves but we do like a little bit more of banter or just have fun with them yeah so yeah um so yeah august 3rd uh the evening of august 3rd uh we're gonna do a commentary Godzilla 2014. And after that, we're going to get back to the regular scheme of things, which after that, um, oh shoot, actually, I'll be out of town. I think during, yeah, I will be out of town. No, no, I won't. Scratch <laughs> that. I'll be fine. So, yeah, August 3rd, we're doing the 2014 commentary. And August 17th, we'll get back to discussing uh, our re-reviews. And that will be covering Godzilla vs. Space Godzilla. Yeah, which I'll be watching again (laughs) twice. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, Yeah, because I originally watched it for us to get ready to do that. But then all of a sudden you had uh, some... Um, some things going on on your end, so then we just uh, delayed that or postponed that for for a bit. Yeah, it's it's not the strongest entry in the Heisei. It's better than people give it credit for. We need yeah. to start a thing like people have been doing for Godzilla's Revenge, that uh, Godzilla versus Space Godzilla is a misunderstood film, or Godzilla Rage again. 
there will be this new wave of or do got like i said do godzilla raids again well yeah well we already did raids again with the commentary yeah Um, but um with that um this is basically greg godzilla productions tv for getting involved with the chat again anybody come to the live YouTube chats. We always post uh, the links and all that stuff to our Facebook page so you can save the date and all that stuff. Come. Uh, we enjoy having you here and getting involved in the discussion. Yeah, so uh, for those of uh, for those of you that are watching this, make sure to uh, hit the subscribe button down below this video to subscribe to our YouTube channel to get the latest uh, updates on uh, some of the videos that we upload or or from our live uh, DKM podcast, as well as follow us on uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And uh, and if you want to listen to us on the go, we're also available on uh, iTunes, uh, Apple Podcasts. I'm about to ready to say iTunes, but they're now uh, d- discontinuing that. So now called Apple Podcasts. And as well, we're on uh, Google Play Music. And like I mentioned earlier, uh, we just formally announced that we're not only on uh, Spotify, but we're also on the iHeart uh, Radio app as well. So you got uh, different choices there to choose from to listen to us uh, in audio format on the go on your either on your desk, uh, desktop, laptop, or on your mobile phone or uh, tablet. If you're but listening to this in the year 2300 or on your sex machine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's 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 the thing. So and also you can listen to our, our audio versions and we got video on our uh dot website as well. Yeah, we need to do we need to write more stuff for the site. I was gonna write some stuff yeah. and then we had that issue. So I know you had you recently did a re- a review on the defo real uh 98 god so yeah but that's like a four month at least a four month old review now if not but, older and then i still have a draft on my thoughts on the the anime trilogy which i still need to get around to doing <laughs> i so, should do but i used to write reviews rather frequently on there and then like i said so we got involved with the podcast and just kind of things went by the wayside. Well, mainly for you, it was uh, family th- stuff. Yeah. But, uh, I'll try to be better about that. Do it. It's nice stuff like that. <laughs> but thank you so much for listening. And uh, again, come to our live YouTube feeds. All right. We'll catch you guys on August 3rd. Have a healthy obsession with Kaiju. Ha <laughs>